But anyway, but what we want to do today is we want to hear for the first time. You know, there are times that I minister certain things and it may not, you may not feel like it take effect. Sometimes the word of God, it's going to take effect, but it might be weeks, months for some people. But the thing about it is, I pray to God that the word you're hearing right now, and I believe this with all of my heart, that it's going to change your life forever. Amen. Now, I, I believe this with all of my heart because I know, I know when I heard this word that I'm hearing right now, uh, that the Spirit has been giving, been keeping me up all night, uh, and I've been, you know, just filled with this word, and I know this word going to change your life. I'm, I'm telling you, I want you to just accept it, hear it, hear it for the first time, if I can say that. And watch, watch when you really listen to what God is saying, you'll get the ooh-wee. Somebody say ooh-wee. I believe this is going to be an ooh-wee service. I really do. I, I believe that it's going to be, I, I believe that you're going to hear brothers and sisters all over, that, all over here this morning saying ooh-wee. Because when you begin to realize what God has already done for you, you're going to know why it's called grace. Somebody said, why is it called grace? You do know grace means unmerited favor, right? You're going to find out why do God call the ministry to us divine favor. God Almighty, this, this, is, good. this is so good. It's good already to me, so I, I know you're going to be ooh-wee ooh this morning. All right, so we're going to go into the Word of God this morning. Now, that, what I just read to you is just the series all right, the series is the Apostle Paul ministry. His ministry was verse number 18, to open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light, turn them from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and, and, and inheritance among all them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. All right, so God has already have done the work, but this, what he showed me, uh, is really just, in my spirit. I just thank God for it. All right. Now, what I want to do today, I want to go to our, our message today, and let's go to uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. This is what we're going to use for our subject. From the book Ephesians chapter number 2, and we want to look at verse number 11. Remember here for the first time, sometimes you hear things over and over, they don't take no effect because, you know, you, you just, you just letting it just hear. You know, you're not really letting it affect your life. Our Ephesians, because I believe change is in this house today. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe people who are watching us on my television, I believe there's people about to change. Let me say that again one more time. I want to say that to our television audience this morning. We're going to all get, get to know our television audience a little better this, in our 11 o'clock service. But I want to say to you this morning, change is about to happen in your life. And I'm saying this because, because this word that you're hearing, for the first time today, you're going to really hear it. I really be, I, you know, we can hear the message so many times, but I'm, I'm showing you why the gospel of Christ is incredible, but also different from all the other gospels. God chose this gospel to save our souls. And we're going to hear it for the first time. Now, if, if you're in this house and you're a minister in this house, I wish you would take notes. Because you're always going to have something to preach after the day. If you just say, look, I'm going to write down everything he said, every scripture, you're going to always have something to preach with this message. All right? Now, that's how excited I am. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to go to verse 11. Now, remember, because this is an awesome thing to be a preacher and don't have a message. All right, so I'm giving you a message today. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11. Now, I'm going to start reading verse 11 because Paul wants to remind the Gentiles. In verse 11, let's read it. Wherefore, remember that you been in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision of, in the flesh made by hand. That at that time, now Paul is reminding them before you came into Christ, or Christ came into you, that at that time you were without Christ. Being alien from the commonwealth of Israel, you were strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope, watch this, and without God in the world. That's how we were 
before we were saved. But now, somebody say ooh-wee. That's a ooh-wee right there. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who sometime were far off, watch this, were made nigh by the blood of Christ. And that's going to be my subject right there. Because I gave you the gospel of Christ. See, we, we, we going through the Apostle Paul ministry. We showed you one of them was the gospel of Christ. Today, we're going to talk about the blood of Christ. Say it with me. The blood of Christ. Somebody say, ooh, we. Yeah, the blood of Christ. Because you're going to hear it for the first time. And you're going to see why is the blood of Christ different. And I'm going to show you it's the difference in all the other religious tradition is the blood of Christ. See, and when you realize, you're going to know where your faith is supposed to be at. If you're hearing this message and you've ever been wavering at all, today you're going to get on course. Because the change that will take place in your life, in your heart, in your spirit, in your mind today. All right. It's going to happen today. Amen. I'm telling you, that's, that's how powerful this word is right now. All right. And you're going to be so grateful in knowing why you're here and why you don't want to go nowhere else. This, is, this message is going to show that today. This is like a, final, a finalizer. Amen. All right. Now, we're talking about the blood of Christ. All right. So if you're taking notes, you, that's, that's your subject for today, the blood of Christ. Now, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 13. I'm going to read down to verse number 15, but I'm going to stop that. My subject, verse 13 said, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometime will fall off are made nigh. He's talking about made nigh to the, to the Father. Because he's going to show you because of one spirit, you're able to become to him as a father because of the blood of Christ. God made you his son because of the blood of Christ. And so in verse number 14 said, for he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of petition uh, between us, talking about Jews and Gentiles, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. Remember, when you talk about Jesus, you're talking about the man, the flesh man. So this is what God did in the flesh. He abolished in his flesh, that Jesus. The enmity, even the law of commandment, contained in ordinances to make it himself of twain one new man making peace. See, all of that is talking about what the Lord has done. But, I, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm just centered right now on the blood because I want to show you what the blood of Christ has already done for us. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 10. He, Hebrews chapter 10. I'm doing them kind of backwards. Well, I go to Hebrews 9 first, and then I go to 10. He, Hebrews chapter, chapter 10 is like this. I'm going to go to Hebrews 9 first, though. If you go to Hebrew chapter 10 first, you might not get back to chapter 9. So that's how, you, that's how good Hebrew 10 is. But I'm going to go to Hebrew 9 first. And we're going to start reading verse 11. So in Hebrew chapter uh, 9 verse 11, he's began to, he began to tell you about the blood of Christ. Well, watch what he's telling you. Now, I, I'm, I'm like, I can't wait to get to my, what I want to get to. All right. Now in verse number 11 said, but Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hand, that is to say, not of this building. I'm coming back to my camera here. Not of this building. In verse number 12, neither, watch this, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood. Watch what he did. Because of his own blood, he entered in, he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, one of these days, we're going to realize who's the holy place because he told you where the Lord is. He's in the holy place. So, but if we realize that the holy place is the church and we are the body of Christ. See, it's going to catch on, but he had to have his blood before he can come in. All right, and then verse 13 says, for if the blood of bulls and goats and, and ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctify the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, there it is again, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, watch what he did, he purged our conscience, 
That word country is our soul, our mind, our heart. From dead works. Now, we found out Paul gave us those dead works over there in Hebrew chapter 6 and verse 1. We get a chance to write that down. We'll show you those dead works. See, all that's religion. Somebody say religion. Because that's what they were in, religion. But God purged. That word purge has to do with cleansing. And I'm going to show you that cleansing and purging did not take place until the new covenant. Hallelujah. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works so you can serve the living God. Now, I think we got to stop right there and give him a praise offering, give him a thanksgiving, because if he purged my conscience, came inside of me, purged my conscience, cleansed my conscience from dead works so I could serve, that word serve means worship, so I could serve and worship the Lord. He purged my conscience from dead works. Isn't that something? So we can serve the living God. So we can worship the living God. So you worship God with your heart, with your mind, your spirit. That's how you worship God, God the spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. We couldn't worship God until the spirit of truth come in us, until truth come in us, until he cleansed our heart and our mind. He had to do it. He had to come and give it blood and then come inside of me with his blood so I can worship. Come on, you got you to get a Lord another hand. Thank God for his work. That's why when people do not have the Holy Spirit in them, guess what? They can't worship. They can't worship. All right. Now, for that, we're going we're gonna to go to Hebrew chapter number 10. We've shown you the blood of Christ. Now, let's go, let's go to verse 22 first. Hebrew 9, 22. Let's go there first before we go to chapter 10. Hebrew 9, 22, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. Now, remember, it used the word purge. You don't get that out of the old covenant. Old covenant is a prayer. New covenant is fact. And almost all things are by the law purged. He's he not asking nothing. He's not praying. He's telling you in a new in a purge, purge with blood. And without shedding the blood, it's no forgiveness. See, that word for, remission means forgiveness. Say, without shedding the blood, there is no forgiveness. Right, see, there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. So if Christ has not died on the cross and shed his blood, crucified, you would not have forgiveness today. Now, you got to understand something. I, I'm going to get to my, my, my great high point just a moment. Because I, I'm, on, I'm not going to do Hebrew chapter 10. This service don't look like it. So I'm going to have to go to uh, Leviticus 7, 11. It's coming though. Leviticus chapter. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 7. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. I'm sorry. Leviticus chapter 17. And verse number 11. And then we're going to look at verse number 14. Because in this chapter, you're going to hear a word called atonement. You need to write down that word. There are some words you go, I want you to write down. Um, that's one of them. Atonement. The best way to understand the word atonement is at one meant. It's three words together called atonement. And it's a, it's a, it's a big word, but, it, but the main word for atonement means to cover. I'm going to give you another word. It means to forbear. And you want to write down Romans chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. We're going to show you that word forbearance. And we're going to show you how it was in the old covenant. And we're going to show you that you have a better covenant. I, I don't think we realize it, but once you hear it and hear why, then you know you got a better covenant. As a matter of fact, your covenant is new. Remember, it's Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. So you got a new covenant, a brand new covenant. See, it never get old. Hallelujah. So you want to write down these words, propitiation. See, I'm giving you some words. This word, atonement. What was the second word I gave you? Forbearance. You want to write that word down. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. Then you want to write down the word 
propitiation. I'm going to give you two more words. Passover. And I'm going to show you why we don't do that here. What people call Passover anyway. And then the last one is covenant. C-O-V-E-R-E-D. So you want to write those down because I'm getting ready to I want to say God get ready to blow your mind, but I, I don't really want to get that far. All right, because I want you still here. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Are you there? Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Let's read together. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. Now, Jesus told us in the Gospel of John, write this down, chapter 10 and verse 10. This is what Jesus told us. I am come that you might have life. How many remember that? That's one of the reasons why he came. I am come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. All right. Now, Jesus came to, that I may have life. That means he came to give me life. Right? So to give me life, he had to give his life. Ain't that right? All right. So now you, you think all of this is, 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 is showing you how awesome our God is. Now, in verse 11. But he's showing you why the life, the life he came to give us is. See, if you hear somebody say, I'm coming that you might have life, are you going like, oh, what, what you have to do to give me to me? I'm going to have to die. I'm going to have to give you my blood. Do you understand? A man had to die to give you life. Ain't that right? All right. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I have given it to you upon the altar. Here's the key. To make an atonement for your souls. Now that, that same word, atonement for your soul, listen, is the atonement for your sins of your soul. So I really need you to listen to me today. I, really, I just need you to just open your heart and just let that word come in your heart. That's all I need from you today. All right? Watch what it says. To make an atonement for your soul. And I gave some definition for the word atonement. We're going to use this one, cover. Cover. Now, in forbearance. Now, this, 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 this word atonement and forbearance, you're going to begin to see how important it is. Uh, put this word down, forbearance. I think you already should have it. But this word forbearance means Delay of punishment. So when God covered sin in the Old Testament, what did he do? He delayed the punishment. The people were forgiven, but he delayed the punishment. Here's another reason. Because the sin was still there. See, when you realize what God had done for you, Remember, in the Old Covenant, this is what they were. See, people think, well, the Old Covenant got a better covenant. Wait a minute, wait a minute. They come, in their covenant, their sins were covered with the blood of animals. The sin was still there. Now, God forgave them, but the sin was under the blood, still covered. And the Bible told us that God saw it. Because you know God's all-knowing. He knows all, sees all. So he still saw it, but he would not. That's why you had the word forbearance. He wouldn't punish them. So when God came into Egypt and told them to put the blood of the doorpost over the doorpost and the two sides of the doorpost, Israel was exempt because that was Passover. He passed over them, meaning he didn't punish them he only punished the firstborn of Egypt and their animals. Now, it did not mean that they got away. He just forbeared them. He delayed their punishment. Uh, here's another one. He restrained from punishment. Long-suffering, patience. It, it don't mean I don't get you, I get you later. See, he withheld punishment from them. 
Here's the last one. He spared them from death. That's forbearance. See, that's what atonement is. So in the Old Testament, when they had an atonement, they used a lamb, a goat, a bull, a turtle dove, a pigeon. Or if you didn't have anything, you offered a sparrow. God fear you can go catch one of them out there. So those are the five things that they use in sacrifice. So God made sure that everybody has something to give. But they could make an atonement. But they had to go to the high priest, and the priest had to put their hands on the bull and confess the sins of the people on the bull or on the lambs or the goat. You know, and then they had the two goats, where they had the one that was a scapegoat. But one had to die and the other could live. And that's how it was with you. Christ died so you can live. See, when you see everything that's going on, you can be able to see what God is doing. All right, so we're back in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Leviticus 17, 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. I have given it to you upon the altar, watch this, to make an atonement for your soul. For it is the blood that make an atonement for the soul. So the soul, only way the soul can receive forgiveness it had to be an atonement made. Blood had to be shed. Do everybody understand? All right. Now, I told you how the blood was shed. Now, let's go down to verse 14. In verse number 14, for it is the life of the flesh. The blood is what? The life of the flesh. What's the blood? The life of the flesh. The blood of it is for the life thereof. I can't say it enough. God can't say it enough. That's why he keeps saying it. I told you you have three, there's really four life, but there's four life. Number one life is the breath of life. I gave you that back in Genesis. He breathed into a man's nostril, man became a living soul. That was called the what? The breath of life, all right? Now, then we found out also here in Leviticus, you have the blood. And the life of the flesh is in the blood. See, you had Genesis, you had soul life. Soul life is just the breath. But your physical body life is the blood. Either one you lose, you're out of here. You can lose breath and get it back. That's why people learn how to turn people over and, and hold them up and do what kind of thing? CPR. CPR. Some of y'all caught on real quick. Some of y'all need to practice all right, if somebody died, you ain't got time to figure it out. You got to know what, you got to, know what to do. They, they lost their breath. You got to get it back. And somebody got drowned in a swimming pool. So you got to know how to do it. You got to know how to get that breath back, got that life back. So that's why we have people who, who can be able to give you blood if you lost blood. And thank God. I, I, I remember I told you I had gone and I was, my body was very weak and I found out that my uh, hemoglobin was five. And it should have been like 12 and 13. That's how much, I, I was less than a half tank. Now I'm not talking about how you drive your car, but I'm talking about my body. All right. But here at verse number 14, but thank God, God gave me some more blood. All right. Now in verse 14, for it is the life of the flesh, the blood of it is the life thereof. Therefore I said to the children of Israel, you shall not eat the blood of no man of flesh. Now I don't know why we won't believe God. You know, people to hear this and go right to the place and go get a steak blood running all over the table. He just told you the life of that flesh is then the blood. So every, anything the flesh got, you gonna get. See, people realize sickness can be in the flesh of that animal, and you ate that animal, and you ate the blood, and now you're sick with the same sickness that animal had. I mean, you can, you can, you can do it so there's no more blood, can't you? Praise the Lord. All right. Leave my steak alone, Reverend, okay? All right. Now, watch what it says. You, this is what the Word says. You shall eat no man of flesh. Well, they were under the law. Okay, I understand that. But it's wisdom. All right, for the life of the flesh is the blood thereof. He says it again. 
who shall eat it shall be cut off from Israel. That's how God told them because he knew they're going to die. You got them sick animals, you eat the blood, you're going to die too. All right, or you get the sickness of the animal. All right, so be wise, okay, that's all I'm saying. Now, that was Leviticus, and that showed you the atonement. Now, I'm going to have to go to, let me give you something else I got out there. I gave you Romans, right, 324. See, if you take a note, you should have known where my notes at. Ephesians chapter, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 3. See, you can't never wait till I ask you. You got to have a already set aside. Don't put my notes with yours. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. Romans chapter 3, verse 24 and 25. You're going to see this word forbearance. But listen to this verse real good because I'm showing you the blood of Christ. Being justified, that word justified means made right with God, freely by his grace. So God made you right with his own death, death, and resurrection. The Bible said in Romans 4, 25, he justified us when he raised his son Christ from the dead. So you have to understand, when God raised Christ from the dead, it's when he justified us. Being justified, freed by his grace. Watch this. Through the redemption that is in Christ. Redemption, once again, has to do with the blood. Because he redeemed us by the blood, right? Whom God has set forth, while well, here is the word perpetuation. The word perpetuation is also covered, but it's the final payment for our sins. Whom God has set forth to be a perpetuation, final payment for our sins, through faith in his blood. That's why I told you, in, in, in the covenant that you are in, you, you, you're not operating in faith in his name. See, that's where a lot of folk are. They still under those three other gospels. Now, I gave you those three other gospels. I'm going to have to give them to you again. Uh, this is not just for you. It's for people, catch-up people. I call them, did not listen to the last message. All right? So they have to catch up. So we have to understand that there are three other messages that I gave you that I'm, I'm going to bring on to this one right here. Last week, I talked about the gospel of Christ, and I told you why the gospel of Christ was different from any other gospel. The gospel of Christ is the gospel of your salvation. All right? And I gave you Romans chapter 1, verse 15, 16, 17. Paul says, I am not ready to preach the gospel to you, verse 15, at Rome. And then he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He called the gospel of Christ. Because it's the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. All right? Then he told you, because the gospel of Christ is preached, it's where you get your faith. See, if the gospel of Christ is not preached, you can't get faith. Let me read that one verse. Romans chapter 1 and verse number 17. You can't get faith with, unless the gospel of Christ is being preached. Romans chapter 1 and verse 17. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Watch this. From faith to faith. God's righteousness is revealed in your life when you preach the gospel of Christ. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So that's how you got faith. The spirit of faith is when the gospel of Christ was preached. See, you don't have, when you're born of the spirit, you don't have your faith. That's Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I just quoted. We are crucified by Christ. Nevertheless, we live, yet not I. I'm just hoping you know how to quote the verse. I, come on, let's do it. Let, those who know the verse. Don't, look, don't wait for somebody else or you'll never get it. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Yeah, there it is. I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not my faith. I live by the faith of the Son of God who what? Love, love, past tense. Now don't just say love. Because in the new covenant, all love has ED when it's coming from the Lord. Because it already happened. Who loved us and gave everything is past tense. See, the New Testament has already finished. It's already in the past tense. 
See, that's why it's called grace. It's already happened. See, he loved us. See, that's why you hear people still talking about prophesying and, and things that never happened. You, you're in the wrong dispensation. See, if you just know the word, you'll know what dispensation you're in. If you're still waiting for the Lord to come, you're not in the dispensation of grace because grace is already finished. You're still waiting on something to happen. You know what you're waiting on? You're waiting on the Son of Man. Go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John because that's who he said he is, is the Son of Man. You shall see the Son of Man come in the cloud. Anywhere he say he will come is the Son of Man. People don't want the Son of Man. He's not Son of Man no more. See, that's why the Bible told you, Acts 2.36, how God has made this same Jesus whom you crucified, who know who he is now. He's Lord and Christ. See, he, Christ means the Son of God. People don't want the Son of God. You know who they want? They want Jesus. The body that was crucified was Jesus. The body that was buried was Jesus. The body that was beaten and whipped and took all our sins and grief and sorrow in, that was Jesus. See, you want Jesus back. God gave you Christ. And don't realize, you still want Jesus. You know why? Because you want somebody you can see. All right. Let's move on. But God has given you his son, Christ. All right. See, one day I'm going to show you that all through the old covenant, I just give you this. This is just going to be quick. Going to be quick. All through the old covenant, God gave you Abraham. Listen, this is real good now. He gave you Abraham and Abraham had two sons. Come here, I need you to think. I don't need you to figure it out. I don't need you to go through no, how they do in some churches. You know, you got to say, you don't do none of that. Just listen. Here we go. Abraham had how many sons? Two sons. See, it's not a trick. I'm giving you, I'm, I'm showing it to you. Abraham had two sons. Isaac had how many sons? It's not hard. I'm, I'm even showing it to you. If you just look at me, you know I'm going to Jacob had how many sons? I'm, I'm not talking about all of them sons. I'm talking about he had a spiritual son and a natural son. Abraham had a spiritual son and he had a natural son. He had one son that would get the inheritance. He had one son that was called of the flesh. Wonder where they got all that from. Isaac, watch this. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all had two sons. Even Joseph had two sons. Where they get it from? Got it from Adam. See, Adam had a twin. L listen to me, listen to me. Adam had a twin. See, God had two sons. See, I'm just giving you something just because, see, sometimes we think we already have arrived. And I'm letting you know you are not there. God had two sons. See, God never stopped speaking. That's why you never can stop learning and listening. That's how you're going to get it. God had two sons. If you study, if you study, I can take you. I, I'm not going there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, God called. I'm going to have to do it now, I told you. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And 1 Corinthians chapter 15. See, once you, once you understand the word of God, you just keep learning. Never get there. Never arrive. Just keep learning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 47. Put that on the screen for us. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 47. No, start first 46. Verse 45. I'm not going to go no further back now. I'm done. Verse 45. Are you there? Verse 45. And so it's written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last, wait a minute, that's two, two Adams. So the first Adam was made a living soul, and the last Adam was made a quickened spirit. Can't you see two Adams? Now some of y'all sit right there and look at this like. I mean, did you see the Bible said there are two Adams? Well, the first Adam 
was Adam he created in the garden and breathed into his nostril the breath of life and he became a living soul. The last Adam was Christ. Am I right? All right. Both was his sons. So when you get out here crying across scripture and you think he already know everything, he's God only had only begotten son. Yeah, I know, but he also had a first begotten. You know, watch, watch the next verse, 46. Howbeit that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. And after that which is spiritual, talking about his two sons. The first man is of the earth. His name was Adam, earthy. And the second man, the Lord from the heaven, his name was Adam. Two Adam. But one was a natural son, one was a spiritual son. So that's why you got to understand when Jesus came here, Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. Jesus was God's son in the flesh and also Christ was God's son in the spirit in the same body. So at the cross, that was a separation. Somebody said, ooh we. That's why I told you, that's a ooh we service. So you, that's what you got to understand. At the cross, that's why you're you still looking for the man who God prepared a body for, the first man, and he gave his body at the cross. You got to understand something. He was slaughtered. I don't think people realize when somebody's slaughtered. When you slaughter a lamb, you skin the lamb. Even the skin got to come off. Because he slaughtered. How many ever slaughtered a hog? Some of y'all city, we got on some of the countries I am in here, that boy right on that corner named Charlie. Uh, mother, you okay? Mother, mother, from, mother know what this stuff is? I saw a hand back there. Slaughter, you ever see the animal slaughter? You ever seen a hog slaughter? What they do to him? They skin him, don't they? Y'all just ate all this Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> and don't realize what somebody had to go through for you. But that's my point. Jesus was slaughtered. The Bible said he was marred more than any man. Yeah, they plowed his back. They did all that, but they also had to beat the skin off of him. See, that's why they whipped him. See, when you, if you ever know anything about, about a whip, if it ever hits your body, it tears your flesh. It just rolls up. So if you do that all, all over the body, you have no skin left. That was the purpose of beating him. All right. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 he told you in verse 47, the first man was of the earth, of the earth, earthly, the second man is the Lord from heaven. All right, that's why you got to understand verse 48. And as is the earthly, search are they also that are earthly. As is the heavenly, search are they also that are heavenly. And as we have born, that word born means worn, the image of the earthly, that's what you see on the outside right now. We shall also wear or bear the image of the heavenly. And that's why you got to understand and this is why people still think when they're going to heaven, God has a house for them in heaven. See, all that's ignorance. Because you don't know you the house. See, God only made two houses. And the first Adam and the last Adam. So you got to understand, God lived in the first house and he lived in, his, in the last house. So you got to understand now, you're the body of Christ now because the Bible told you in 2 Corinthians 5, 19, God was in Christ. Well, if Christ's in you now, God's in you. So you make you the house. That's how Paul knew that. So we got to understand something, but people still want to find Jesus. Where's your first son? See, we, we, we don't want the second son. We want the first one. And that's why it wasn't Jesus' blood. It was Christ's blood. Let me ask you a question. Why it was not Jesus' blood? Come to this camera. 
Anybody here know why it was not Jesus' blood? See, if you really know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. Because I just told you, Jesus was the natural man. And if Jesus was the natural man, where did he get his blood from? Where did you get your blood from? Maybe you can just thank them. Where did you, where your blood came from? Came from your daddy. So you have to understand something. Jesus was the flesh man. Mary was his mother. So that's why he had a soul. And he had a blood in the soul. But because Christ was in him, that Christ was in him came from the Father. How, how many of you could just saw what I just said? The blood come from where? I mean, it's not hard. Men ought to be jumping up and down because you go out, when they want to find out the DNA, they don't come to the woman. If they want to find out if that's your son, they don't go to the woman and say, let me take your blood, woman. You won't get it from the woman. She just carried the baby nine months for you. That's your seed. And that's your seed. The blood is in the seed. Let me move on. Y'all looking at me like, is it? Is it? Right. See, people, that's why they found out that if that's a child and that's your child, we don't have to worry about is it yours. Just come on back here in the room. We can find, we'll let you know right now. They take your blood and they match the blood. That's your child. She lied. Ain't no, that's yours, your blood. <laughs> she, she didn't get that blood from somebody else. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, let's move on. Let's move on. That, we had a good time right there, but I got to go. All right. So I gave you Leviticus. I gave you Romans. Anything else out there? Romans chapter 3, right? That's what I didn't finish. Romans chapter 3, I told you about forbearance, right? Let's finish that. Romans chapter 3 and verse 24. Let's go back there. Romans 3, 3 24 said, Therefore, being justified by his grace. Something that I didn't finish earlier that I, I told you about, I got to give you those. I'm sorry. I told you about the four life. See, some of y'all listen. Thank you. You heard, you listen over there? That's why I tell you, you got to write it down. So if, if I get off the, on something, you can be able to say you didn't finish the four life. I gave you two life. Life of the flesh, number one. The breath of life, number two, life of the flesh is in the, the blood, that's number two. And then there is, how many know the number three? When you, born, you got born again, what did you get? See, people don't even know yet. When you got born again, what did you get? You got Christ. When you got born again, you got Christ. Christ in you is your life. But you're still in the flesh, but you got life right now. Come on, I want you to see the four. See, you may only saw three. I'm trying to show them to you. I'm keep, I want to give you the wow in here and the who we if you let me. I'm telling you, because that's where I was. I only saw three. See, right now, you have life. If you're born of the Spirit, who is it? Christ in you, Right? I am come that you might have life. The man that's not saved does not have life. He got breath of life, blood life, but he does not have Christ in him. Right now, Christ is your life. Look at Romans chapter number eight on the screen. And let's go to verse number two. I'm showing you the four lives. Romans chapter number 8 and verse number 2 on this camp. We're coming to this camp. Wait on the screen. Romans 8 and verse number 2. All right, here we go. Read, read. For the law of the spirit of life. If you got the Holy Spirit, you got what? That's your third life. 
So you got to have this life before you get eternal. Come on, do you hear what I'm saying? See, once, once you got born, if a man not born again, he can't get eternal life. Let me, let me ask you, let's finish this first. Romans 8, verse number 2, at this camp, wise up, at this camp. For the law, read, for the law of the spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. All right, so you have the spirit of life now. That's number three. Now, because you have the spirit of life, it qualifies you now for what? Eternal life. Let's go back and look at it. If I go back to Genesis and I look at Adam, Adam could have eaten of the tree of life and lived forever. Could he not? If you, if you agree, just say you agree. That's right. He could have eaten of the tree of life and lived forever. All right. So what did he lose when he ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? What? what he never got, listen, he never ate the tree. He never, it can't be eternal life. He never got that. So you got to know what he lost. I'm trying to show you what he lost. So if he, if, if he, he didn't lose his, he didn't lose, he didn't die that day physically, did he? So he didn't lose the breath of life and the blood. Well, that's two out the way, so you got to know what he lost. What did he lose? Come on, I, I'm, I'm giving it to you now. You need to say it. All those people out there you're ministering to. Come on, it ain't about us in here no more. He, he, he didn't have what? He lost a spirit of life. Now, this is what you want to put down. What is the spirit of life? Yeah, I know it's Christ, but what is it called? I'm just trying to see how you think it with me. That's going to be your homework. If not, I give you the next service. Okay, I'm going to let you think on it. Now, if Adam died, how many deaths did Adam die? Let me just find out, do you know that much first? Some of y'all, two, two. I mean, just if you know what's saying. It's just like I was in school. Earl, they asked Earl a question. Earl like, yeah, you know. And, but I said it, but I didn't want her to ask me. And she said, well, stand up and tell the class what you said. I'm done. I didn't know. I was saying what somebody else said. Now watch this. Adam died twice, didn't he? Now what two deaths did he die? The first death was not, the first death was not natural, was it? What was the first death? That's what I'm, I want you to see. If you can see the spiritual death, you can see spiritual life. There's three of each. The only difference you have that a man that's not saved, you got, a, you got spiritual life. That man that's not saved, he has spiritual death. Now, what's the, what's the difference in spiritual life and spiritual death? I just told you you've got spiritual life, you're in Christ, that's one half. Now, what's spiritual death? Man, listen, you separated from God. Y'all need to write some stuff down. When you got spiritual death, you are separated from God. See, that day that Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he was separated from God that day. He cannot get in contact with the spirit of realm. So once you got born of the spirit, your connection, you got your connection back. That's what the Spirit does in you, connects you back to the Father. So a man that's not born of the Spirit can't hear from God. He's not connected to God. All right. Y'all got that now? There's no more homework, but you need to put them down and always remember. There's, three, there's spiritual death, there's spiritual life. You don't have spiritual death no more. You were spiritually dead in trespasses and sins, right? Okay, let me, I do them at funerals. Okay, let me move on.
Now, I gave you the fourth one is what, what now? You got the fourth one? Right. Can't you see Adam had to have spirit life so he could get eternal life? So when you're telling people to try to get eternal life, you got to make sure they're born again first. If a man not born again, he's not going to get eternal life. He's going to get eternal death. All right, let, 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 let's go to the last one. Uh, did that help you out at all? Okay, I'm, try, I'm trying to give you some ooh-wees, but I don't think people really want them. But we're going to go Hebrew chapter 10. I do the best I can. Let's go to Hebrew 10. We'll start there on this teaching. Anything out there, scripture I got. Hebrew chapter 10. Now here's my point. In the Old Testament, sin will cover let, let, let's not go there yet. Let's go show you that. Go show you some of those. Psalm 32. We do Psalm 32 and Psalm 51 because I only have like four or five minutes. Let's go to Old Covenant. Psalm 32. In Psalm 32, we're just going to look at the first two verses. Psalm 32, verse uh, verse. One, we'll start there. And we'll look at verse 5. Verse 1 and 2 and 5. Okay, I got to go. Blessed bless is he whose transgression is forgiven. Now remember, they were forgiven, but the sin were covered. All right? Because of the, because of the offering, the blood offering. So blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Can you see? They were forgiven, but they sin were covered. The sin, the, see, all the sins of the Old Testament was put on Christ. Let me say it again. From the sins of Adam all the way down to the cross was put on one man. They never left until Christ died on the cross. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord impute not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no God. God, we, Paul picks this up in Romans 4. I'm not going to go to it, 6 to 8. Verse number 5. This is what David says. I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and my iniquity have I, have I not hid. Why is he saying I haven't hid it? I said I will confess my transgression unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. See, he still tell you by confessing. All right, we're going to show you that ain't right no more. Now, let's, let's go to Psalm 51. We find, this is the same man, David, Psalm 51. Verse 1 and 2, just two verses. We do three verses. Have mercy. I'm going to show you the change. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindnesses. According to the multitude of thy tender mercies, watch what he says, blot out my transgressions. Blot them out. That's the same thing that Moses says, but he used blot out my name. And verse number two, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Now, how is he going to do this? Some of y'all should have said cross. Now, you got to understand, that's what he washed his sins with, the cross. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Where is that going to happen at? Come on, everybody. It happened at the cross. That's where the sin was washed and cleansed. Old Testament, they just covered them. So all these people telling you they baptized in water in Jesus' name, sin was covered. See, people telling you, you just got to confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raised Jesus from the dead, sin still covered. See, only one gospel, and that's the gospel that Paul preached, that he will actually tell you about the blood. Everything else tells you about what you did. That's why people lost. Verse 2, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin, watch this, is ever before thee. That means it's still there. But see, that's not, that's not 
that's not what God had promised with the new covenant. Look at Isaiah 43, 25, just one verse. This is what God said is going to happen in the new covenant through his prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 43, 25. I, even I, am he that blotted out your transgression. Watch what he says. For my own sake. And we'll not remember thy sin. That's new covenant. In the new covenant, God does not remember your sins. Because they are no more. So you know what? It is so good until people can't believe it. That's how good it is. It is so good until you be like, wow. Ooh wee. Mm-hmm. Like I told you, we're gonna really get into some ooh wee the next service, but I'm gonna get right, I'm gonna get right into this. All right, because we got to understand what God did. God did away with your sins. They are not no more. That's how awesome God is. And yet people have not learned to live without sin. Because they still think they got it. They had it so long in Adam. So when they got saved, they still think they got it. You got people to tell, are you going to tell me you don't sin? That's what folks say. They just can't, they, they, they still got them up here in the head. Nothing else to talk about but the sin. Look at Revelation 1 and 5, last verse. We're going to ask you to stand on that one. I'm showing you, I'm showing you before I show you. Because next service, I'm, I'm really going to get into it. Revelation 1 and 5. See, this is what Paul, this is what John had to, this is what John had to tell the people. Come to your camera. This is what John had to tell the people in, the, in, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. This letter is from Jesus Christ, because they didn't believe it. This letter is from Jesus Christ, who is a faithful witness. See, a faithful witness, the Bible said, would not lie. He is the first begotten of the dead. He is the prince of the kings of the earth. Unto him that loved us, past tense. And what did he do? He washed us from our sins in his own blood. What did he do? If I can get the whole church, just this church, just one church, just this church, just this morning, just say it with me. He did what? He washed us from our sins in his own blood. Point at your own self. Point at your own self. What did he do to you? He washed me from my sin in his own blood. Don't you realize sin was connected to sicknesses? Sin was connected to death? Sin was connected to all the other diseases? Don't you know the way that God made you whole was washed you from your sins? Before there were any death or sicknesses, sin came first. The wages of sin is death. If there was no sin, there would have been no death. If there was no sin, there would have been no sicknesses. There would have been no diseases. There would have been no poverty. There would have been no pains and griefs and sorrow and all this other stuff. All came because of the one word, sin. So what did Christ do? Everybody, one time we're closing out. He washed, he washed me from my sin. That's what I want you to understand. He did it how? He washed me from my own my sin. How did he do it? In his own blood. The man went to the cross and washed us from our sin in his own blood. So when you receive God's grace, Paul gave us in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, believing Christ died for your sins. He was buried and then God raised again from the dead. That's how you say if you're trying to hold on to these other religions and tradition of men, that ain't no blood. None of them have any blood. Only the gospel of Christ is the blood. Paul preached Christ crucified because he died on the cross and shed his blood. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you.
Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.